Cooking with Chopsticks. The truth about dictatorships. A podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chana. Li Wen, here we go. Hi. Hello, Marcel. So, um, yeah, world is running really fast and things are actually, <laughs> you know, upside yeah. down. A lot of new information coming up. One thing I want to make clear when someone listens to us, we have caught not a news uh, program on coronavirus development because we're not, uh, you know, we were recording one day. We didn't need another two days for editing maybe and then we bring it up. So sometimes uh, we're, we're not uh, simply current. So we're not appropriate to be regarded as a news outlet for people who want to be informed on the latest development in Corona, right? Mm. One thing that is now becoming obvious is that there is in Western countries or, well, let's maybe call it the rest of the world, but well, mainly in the Western countries that there is a real contradiction in, in how actually we see China's role in, in contributing to the fight against the pandemic in the world. I'm not really happy about what I see because you see there's so many strong forces and loud voices that, to my opinion, don't see their negative impact in how they argue. I remember there was an, a Swiss doctor. He recently made a piece for a Swiss newspaper. What he did, actually, he was labeling the work of the Chinese scientists as good, which is mm. true. And besides, he mixed it up with emotions and sentiments regarding our assessment of the Chinese government's policy. So on the one hand, he was talking about, about, uh, about facts regarding the Chinese scientists. And he mixed that up with, for example, saying that we have a Western arrogance, that we would actually be uh, a little bit happy if we see China being in trouble. No. And uh, so this is a kind of two things actually not really related to each other. So uh, this person is, is uh, very long already rooted in China for many years. He, he has the economical interests there. So you can speculate mm. how someone feels uh, to be motivated to say these things. But I think it reflects pretty much a dilemma we are right now in that we're really struggling to find a straight way how to assess Chinese government's impact on the fight against corona yeah i completely agree i mean you know me that i've been talking about this for a long time and complaining even in our previous episode how people keep on mixing up the government the people the experts and all these kind of different groups of uh, influences I find it deeply troublesome that people, after all these problematic behavior of the Chinese government, still wishfully seeing it as benign power that one can work with in today's world, in this pandemic crisis. And particularly when you think about how Chinese government has been doing all the horrendous things in the past years from Tibet the government sent drones to patrol at the border and basically control every household of the Tibetans. And then in Xinjiang, millions of people in labor camp or concentration camp, however you call it. Then in Wuhan, when they basically lock up people like animals, all this happened under one clear logic that is authoritarian rules is the most important thing for the government and it doesn't care about human lives. I don't know how can anyone in such a circumstances still bear illusion towards such a regime, hope for the best of it. 
put their wishful thinking there simply because it's too hard to confront this government. I think why that might be is that the Chinese government's propaganda hits a nerve, you know, in, in, in Western countries, people have, I think, the inclination to try to balance the arguments. This is how we we are raised. And, and that, of course, embodies or incorporates the arguments coming from the Chinese side and in the power and in the in this mass of how they pour down on us, yeah. it's sometimes pretty difficult to sort out the right view on things to a rather absurd view on things. But still, we're trying to balance the things out. And uh, the Chinese government's propaganda machine utilizes this extremely with their capability in social media and starting also with their... Well, they have several means, for example... Uh, the undermining of the United Nations departments and agencies, yeah. uh, which is very, very advanced already to a certain point. I'm not really sure people know about the impact of China in these in these agencies. There's, I think there's 15 agencies or departments, yeah. and four of them are already led by Chinese citizens or former mm. Chinese government members. For example, we have the Food and Agriculture Agency. Mm. We have the International Ca Telecommunication Union. Mm. which is very interesting because this also takes care of networks and network safety and standards and stuff. And they recently asked Tencent to be their partner, right? Oh, yes. We have, furthermore, we have the Department of Economics and Social Affairs and we have uh, the International mm. Civil Aviation Organization led by a Chinese. It's wow. funny, actually, that these agencies start to comment, for example, in the fight against corona, although they are not really related to it. For example, the... The Civil Aviation Organization commented on uh, the parent Taiwanese shouting at WHO General Secretary Tedros uh, being a racist. And you wonder mm. why would why would the Civil Aviation Organization actually give any loud to it, right? This is a mm -hmm. kind of seeking eyeballs for, for that point. And uh, then we move to, of course, uh, the WHO. I have many journalist friends and they were defending Tedros' behavior from the very beginning, also people who work for international NGOs, they were saying, okay, WHO has been slow in giving out warning signals clearly, like announcing that this is a, an urgent situation and then announcing this is a pandemic because they have certain strict rules and they don't want to annoy China too much. They want to coax China into giving all the truth instead of scaring China and they cover up the truth. And I find it really weird. First of all, China is so powerful. How can you scare China? This doesn't make sense. They are talking about China as if it's a baby, a, a baby with a tantrum that you have to coax <laughs> to give real information. And second, I was there in Beijing in 2003. We talk about that. I interviewed Becky. Dan, I remember, yeah. Uh, who was uh, a representative of World Health Organization in Beijing. I clearly remember his attitude at that time when SARS outbreak, in the beginning, Beijing was covering up the information. He was very, very well treating the whole situation with reserved criticism on one hand, and the other hand, he was encouraging Beijing to give more information. So he did it very well. But instead of doing this sort of game, I mean, he, uh, Bekidam also urged Beijing to give more information in a way that is not offensive. But this time, World Health Organization took its full blown around the world. 
From Tedro to the delegation director who have led the delegation to Wuhan, praised China enthusiastically for the achievement before there was any achievement to be seen. And they did not urge China to give any information. All they did was praising China. And you can see this shifting of attitude. And you have to ask yourself, what has changed? What has changed in the organization that make them from one independent, solid, and very trustworthy organization to basically a puppy wagging tail <laughs> to the, to Beijing. I'm sorry to say that. They really behaved like that. Well, I think it's, it's partially uh, inflicted by Western government's neglection of the UN and disrespecting of the, of the UN. You know, if you make someone feel always like redundant at a certain point, uh, mm. yeah, someone else gets into the position Can, yeah. and, and utilizes for himself. So yeah. Chinese government actually yeah. made it very smart and they realized that the UN didn't have the impact or the voice in Western countries they should have. So mm. they decided to get into that do void. You think, do you think it is the West or are we talking about the United States? Well, I mean, of course... It has been accelerated, that process, uh, especially by Donald Trump in the last uh, four years. But if I regard it in mm. uh, the situation in Germany or in Europe, in the European Union generally, <laughs> I don't see the UN as a player that contributes more than just an opinion or a concern. I don't still feel that people would accept the United Nations as a organization that sets standards, also morally, moral standards, and that urges the world to implement actions. Uh, rather, it is sometimes kind of a, another family member telling you, don't drink so much, and you think like, yeah, come on, stop talking, I know it, but I, I handle it, I handle it. And this kind of reflex, mm. I, I feel, you know. So, you know, we, we're always um, advocating the transnational organization and institutions, but uh, especially in Europe, I don't see that we really live up to our demand to, to comply with, uh, with their recommendations and what they say. And now we're at a point uh, where the influence of China is so big that we need to be very careful indeed uh, what the UN departments or agencies actually advocate. Still, you know what, by this crisis right now, I think that uh, this kind of complacency in Western countries... Yeah. Uh, their, their lack of action in the beginning in fighting the corona actually helped China to make a strong case, right? Yeah. yeah. But now Western countries have implemented kind of fierce measures. They probably start to reflect and ask themselves if their own lack of action was maybe motivated by Chinese uh, government long cover-up and downplaying. So... I hope yeah. that it can be a wake-up call for, for the general perception of, of Chinese government statements towards a much more critical approach, actually. Yeah. Actually, what I am worried right now is that uh, I'm seeing, as everybody, many Western media and government has noticed, that Chinese government have been, ever since January and February, to rewrite the timeline. Of what has happened. What comes to your mind, especially? Which key points? Like the first thing that the Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson have done, uh, Zhao Lijian, was to blame the US for the origin of the virus. And then gradually they were telling the world that they have informed the world very early. The lab scientists were sending the virus uh, genetic sequence to 
their counterparts in the West in January already, and etc. Et While the US is claiming they didn't get the, the probe, they were waiting for it for weeks, and yeah. they could not start to make their own research and their own examination and yeah. maybe to yeah. develop a vaccination for that. And also I heard that the Charité actually has got their own sample, not from Chinese government. So they got it from their Chinese counterpart probably, but absolutely non-governmental channel very early on. And probably that contributed to why the German government reacts much better than many other European countries. I think that, that probably the WHO knew comparatively early about something is going on. But definitely the Chinese government did not advocate the fear or the concern that this virus is spread from human to human. Yeah. They delayed that for weeks, although that... Uh, nurses that doctors in Wuhan very early even before before January yeah. started to 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 spread that concern and say guys we really have a problem yeah. here and still on on I remember on January 2nd after Dr uh, Li Wenliang whistle blew well whistle blew in his private chat group yeah. with some other people yeah. right there was a report on CCTV mm. claiming that uh, that was a wrong statement yeah. and that everybody should be very careful. So in the wake of that, of course, I mean, people in Wuhan were really like intimidated to give further assessments of the situation. So nobody really dared to say, come on, this is really human to human. Mm. And it took another nearly three weeks before they finally uh, admitted that it or finally Yeah, announced that it is exactly that it's finally announced uh, that it could be or that it's yeah. very likely be transferred from human to human. Uh, And the new information I got from a recent interview done by a very famous Sichuan news media from Chengdu called Hongxing News interviewed this state-owned enterprise, which is one of the three vaccine developers in China. The director told the journalist that they have worked for 198 days before the 12th of April on the vaccine. And then you calculate that. You find out, my God, they have started to develop a vaccine on the 5th of January. And that means China has fooled the world for at least 15 days. During these 15 days, what did Chinese government do? They let the flies flew all over the world. It was pre-spring festival time. And not only that, after they shut down the flights between Wuhan and other, they locked down Wuhan. Even in early February, they still urge the Italian government not to cut off the flight between China and Italy. Which uh, Italy complied to, right? And Italy complied to it. Which is alarming, actually, just to see that as a single event, there is a European country... And it is a European Union yeah. matter. Still, the Italian would just comply because the Chinese government asked them to, instead of actually having been consulted with other leaders in Europe yeah. and decide, okay, we don't do that. And that actually reflects pretty much the influence the Chinese have with their yeah. economy. The Chinese government has with its economic power and, yeah, with its means to seduce governments. Coerce, let's say. Coerce. Because the foreign ministry summons the Italian ambassador to China and told him so, told him to tell Italy not to cut off the flight between China and Italy. 
And that was how it happened. So let's get back to manipulation of narratives, which means that Chinese government, starting from late January, February, they already went into this campaign of telling the world, look, we have been transparent, we have made our best effort, and it's all your fault if you haven't controlled the situation which is not true because there's another line, there's a hidden line of stories that the Chinese government did not tell. And the world is not looking into it close enough. Many of us in the West also do the same. They were defending the Chinese government by grabbing the propaganda line from official media to use it against their own government, which is, of course, justifiable that they need to criticize the government's slow reaction uh, for not having sufficient intelligence. But what they should criticize their government for is not they deliberately do anything slow, but rather that they have been reacting trustfully to Chinese government statement as well as World Health Organization. When you look at nations and, and governments that have not trusted Chinese government and World Health Organization, for example, Taiwan, they did a great job. It's the same with uh, South Korea, same with Japan. They all learned from SARS and Hong Kong. Hong Kong government was at that time not behaving as well as in SARS time. But still, people were alert much earlier and their government took action much earlier before World Health Organization even told everyone that this is uh, human to human. These more experienced people and governments have already done their job. So you can explain the slow reaction of Western government or any government in the world to the pandemic. You can attribute this partly to the fact that they trusted Chinese government's statement too much. Exactly. Yes, exactly. They believed, they believed the Chinese government and in, in, the, in the strong hope that, that we can rely on the Chinese government. They were self-complacent in, yeah. in, yeah. in this case. And, yeah. uh, and they thought like, okay, uh, if this Chinese say so. Yeah. So this is what I mean with wake-up call, right? Yeah. Um, this is what, what governments probably will reflect on and um, will, will consider and uh, probably assess it as a mistake. Yeah. And this might shape their behavior for the future. Additionally, I don't think that the Chinese propaganda by social media worldwide is now really helpful to them <laughs> no. uh, because I feel like uh, yeah. it's getting observed more critical yeah. all over the world. Yeah. I mean, did you actually know that um, I just read it that um, there was a there was a well, not a study, but the German Marshall Front from the fund from the US, mm -hmm. um, they counted uh, the increase of the Twitter accounts of uh, China embassies, consulate, Twitter accounts since since the protests in Hong Kong started. That was like in March last year. Mm -hmm. They counted 250 percent more Twitter account uh, Twitter accounts opened by by these um, oh, yeah. China diplomatic corps. Yeah. And uh, just in the time of September till November, where when in September it became really fierce. In Hong Kong, yeah, there were there, there were forty new accounts, and that was as much as they had half a year before. So yeah. China decided to to put more effort and more power into this into this social media way of propaganda. 
Yes. Um, and and ever since, there's a lot of disputes in in many countries actually. Yeah. Uh, just one of the current one was that, for example, the French government summoned the ambassador to Paris after on the Chinese website there were comments made by a Chinese diplomat who was accusing the French government of letting their old people die. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he was relating he was relating to a report yeah. uh, that said that there was an elderly home abandoned from its staff. Yeah. The thing was that this report was actually not related to a, a French one. It was a Spanish one. Yeah. So that was a mistake. But still, um, this is actually funny. If, if it wasn't so sad, it, it would be funny. But, you know, they compare apples with peas, as we say in Germany, yeah. because it's a different if a Spanish staff of an elderly home abandons the patients, because this is not a government organization or institution, actually. What happens in China, yeah. what happened in Wuhan, uh, to, mm. to lock up people when they've been infected with the virus, yeah. this is actually triggered by government policy. So They didn't compare. They basically published this, I read the report on the uh, Chinese embassy website in France. They published this article, very blurry, mentioned that somewhere there is an um, old people's care center that has left old people to die. And they did not mention where it was. So it's kind of hinting that this happened in France. And that is why the French foreign ministry was so furious about it. These Chinese embassies all over the world, this is not the first time it happened They spread rumors. They also have a team back home, a propaganda team, online troll, whatever it is, observing the Chinese embassy's websites, articles and, and announcements, put them on social media and spread it widely to create a momentum and tell the Chinese people, look, the Western world is shit. It's incompetent. And that's and they, how the French got to know it. And they even have a label for, us, uh, for it, as I read. Mm. Uh, it's the Wolf Warriors called. Yeah. And apparently uh, Wolf Warriors is an action film. Yeah. I haven't seen it, which was very popular in China a few years ago. So uh, the, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't dare to see it. But, but it's, uh, it's indeed, unbearable. Uh, I think last year I read a report in The Guardian and uh, Xi Jinping um, reminded or advocated in a memo to Chinese diplomats all over the world for a new fighting spirit. And, uh, well, this is actually, this is the outcome of it, right? Mm. So there's more aggressiveness. Yeah. The tone is getting yeah. more aggressive in, in these, from these so, uh, official yeah. Chinese uh, embassy accounts. And, uh, well, I mean, ever since the ambassadors, uh, also like uh, Zhao Lijiang, for example, who was the ambassador to Pakistan, I think, right? Mm. Um, before he, he, he became the, the spokesperson of the, of the foreign mm. ministry. He was very, very active on social media and, and the way they countered criticism was always was getting more and more fierce. And the funny thing, in Sri Lanka, they opened a, a Twitter account recently. There was a dispute that wasn't that fierce, but for any reason, Twitter blocked the Chinese account for, for 19 hours, apparently, because it said that was for, well, for, for afterwards, they said, exactly, it was a systematic error or some, uh, something. And then the, the Sri Lankan, uh, the Chinese embassy in Sri Lanka, they complained, and, and I think they wanted to reiterate that the freedom of speech must be honored <laughs> and not be misused to spread racial or hatred speech, nor be treated with double standard. And I think 
because it's so eye-catching right now and, and or, you know, people assess these kind of comments much more critical in these days now. So this is why I say I don't think they're doing themselves a favor uh, mm. by, by this over-massive social media yeah. propaganda. It, it fi fires back, Campaigns, in, my, yeah. in my opinion. I, I have to say that here I, I am a little bit uh, more troubled than you. Let's start from this Chinese embassy in Sri Lanka Their statement mentioned that social media should be free, uh, there should be freedom of speech, and there should be no racial attack again. I mean, this old trick of very cleverly tap into the progressive camps in the Western world, the progressive mind that, you know, racism is the top evil of the world, this sort of focus. The Chinese side have used this narrative very well. Combined, first of all, Chinese government, CCP, with the people. They mix this concept of CCP, China, Chinese government, and Chinese people. They mix them all up, bundle it all up. So whenever you criticize Chinese government, you are accused of being a racist. This, this part has been successful among the progressive camps in the Western societies who very apologetically all the time thinking of China as a victim. Of course, China was a victim of colonial conquer more than 100 years ago. But is it still the case? We have to think about that. And the problem is that these narratives cleverly used by the Chinese government has entered also the current debates in the U.S. election campaign. So... I understand the frustration and the anger towards Donald Trump. I completely understand that. And I think Donald Trump is the biggest threat to, to the American democracy at the moment. But the problem is that the opposite camp, the, meaning the progressive camps, when they attack Donald Trump, they sort of defend Chinese government and say that Donald Trump's uh, stance taken against China is racist. And also, of course, deflecting from his own responsibility. I think the, the Chinese government has done a pretty good job in <laughs> shaping the narratives there to a certain level. They, I don't know about Europe. They, What do you think about Germany? Yeah, um, I still believe, well, you know, when, you, when we talk about uh, this kind of being apologetic, this is something that is uh, very deeply rooted in, in German mindsets. I mean, we come, yeah. we come from the Second World War. It's a big, big burden that we carry from there. And yeah. so we've been raised in Germany... Um, with this kind of uh, responsibility and the awareness of what Germans have done, especially to the Jewish mm -hmm. in the Second World War. So I understand this kind of reflex, at least regarding Germany. Um, mm -hmm. In other countries, I'm not sure, to be honest. We have a hierarchy in the European Union, and definitely Germany is one of the countries in the upper class of the European Union. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Of course, it is seductive for countries with economies not as productive uh, and with a less political impact on the things going mm. on to adapt help from a party that comes along and tells you, hey, I want to do doing good for you. Mm. I have the money. I have the industry. We can cooperate. Some countries anyway feel, feel neglected by the big players. <laughs> Germany, yeah. France, England, and they feel like second-class countries in the European Union. Need a big, and yeah. so they are kind of stubborn or, you know, saying like, okay, if you don't want to help me, yeah. I get my help elsewhere. 
I think this is a combination of, of a lot of factors. But still, still in the US, I think that they are walking a very fine line with their campaigning there was the report in uh, from wisconsin did you did you hear about that so yeah, the, yeah, sure. it was the wife of the chinese counselor in, in 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 chicago and he wrote an email from her private account to the wisconsin senate leader yeah and uh, she asked him to maybe he could adopt a resolution in the state senate so in the wisconsin state uh, senate What they did is what she did. She she attached a draft. So like, uh, oh, maybe you want to you want to support the Chinese uh, narrative. Mm. And here's a draft. You can bring it in. <laughs> and uh, and it said like the state of Wisconsin will continue to support China and its efforts to support to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, and it says that Beijing effort have been effective in curbing the virus from spreading to other parts of China and the world. Yeah. China has been transparent and quick in sharing <laughs> key information of the virus with the WHO and the international community, yeah. thus creating a window of opportunity for other countries to make timely response. Yeah. I mean, the, this, is, this is really bold to do that because it needs to fire back and <laughs> exactly this is what happened the oh. the leader of the state of the wisconsin state senate he was furious about that yeah. email yeah yeah i know he was furious and then he revealed all this to the media and etc but i want to add here exactly my argument before that the democrats supporters and progressive camps are really really entrenched in their partisan thinking right now After I posted this report about the Wisconsin senator who get furious over this such a shameless campaign from China side on my Facebook, one of my friends in the U.S. who is a strong supporter of Democratic Party, she was very angry at me posting this post because it somehow portrayed the Republican senator as someone with a sense of justice. She criticized this senator and said... Look, this guy would never have reported such a thing before. And now they are just following Trump's anti-China line. So they are following a script. They are performing hmm. their anger. What is your take on that, on that argument? I think maybe there is some truth in it. But you have to think that the, even the American uh, Republicans, they are also humans. They don't like to be manipulated, to be told what to do, right? Their anger could be also personal. You have another government opposite of the Pacific telling you, hey, thank us. They just spread virus to the U.S. and they, they demand you to thank them. Who in their right mind mm. would not be furious? But the problem is that right now the partisan division in the U.S. has made the Democratic the supporters unable to seek a common ground with their opposition party. That is really a missing a strategic point to really see what is happening. People are angry about the Chinese government, particularly the CCP and shameless campaign done by the Chinese government to twist the facts and the narrative. So the Democrat Party and their supporters should gather in this middle ground with the Republicans and gain support from their own camp. Otherwise, there will be more people leaving the camp because they see Democrats are not doing what the normal people would do. But you know what the Chinese government actually um, totally benefits from is exactly, and this is a good example with the, with the Wisconsin yeah. state. Yeah. So your friend says, yeah, but he's just actually uh, repeating what Trump wants him to say. So 
yeah. when we have this argument uh, and we consider it yeah. as, yeah, maybe this is kind of true. The thing is that we get yeah. tangled up, in this case, the people in the US or in Wisconsin, get tangled up with the question of, mm. well, uh, are we just following what Trump says or do we have our own opinion? And normally he doesn't do it. So classical mm. what about ism? He didn't say anything here. And now suddenly he says something there. Yeah. And, and about this tangling up, we totally lose the view or the focus. Yeah. On what has yeah. what has triggered all has, that, right? Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. Kind what of, has happened. Exactly. Yeah. And this is why we're jeopardized by, yeah. by this Chinese power actually yeah. coming over. Yeah, many of these good intentioned Western public opinion leaders are thinking very much about solidarity with unreliable regime, but not enough solidarity within its own national border. You know, I, I think it's still very valuable and good that we have these discussions. This is how democracies yeah. actually uh, function. This is sure. a, a crucial sure. thing that we have this, this discussions and arguments about politics and every, every public policies. But still, people mm. should, should not just talk the mouth of the Chinese government just to sustain their argument. Yeah. We should really draw a strict line and say, okay, yeah. this is coming from a Chinese government mm. which actually has a, has a master plan to undermine yeah. our democratic yeah. values, our democratic system, and we should not utilize any of their input uh, yeah. because nothing from the official channels is reliable yeah. and it, it's coming it, it's not yeah, randomly yeah. right yeah. it's this purposely is, it's yeah. a purposely every argument is from there is coming purposely and apparently it, it for 20 years it works pretty well yeah. um, I mean imagine how long are we discussing about China's missing compliance to the World Trade Organization standards intellectual right properties mm. and for years I mean we're talking about 20 years now yeah. it's always like yeah no we totally appreciate uh, intellectual right properties and yeah. yes we do and blah 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 yeah. and 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 every year if you read the chambers of commerces in china yeah. their reports they say well no real progress has been done uh, still concerned about it <laughs> so how long do we still want to believe that china wants to comply to all these kind of standards apparently it is time to wake up and say well probably they don't do it yeah let me let me be very frank i think we are not that innocent in the west many people know what's happening in china what china has done but they are particularly the industrialists and the investors they want China to be in the game because there's lots of money to earn. That's if you true. think about if you think about the wealthy lives of European middle class in the past decade, a lot of the wealth also come from business with China. All these soothing situation and the far away trouble in China is backfiring. I have to mention, it's not only about business like China violating World Trade Organization agreement. All China has done business espionage in Europe and US or Australia, all over. It's not only about that. It's also, if you look at China's human rights record in the past decades, it only got worse and worse. I mean, in which country do you see one million people put in concentration camp and the world doesn't give a fuck about it? This would backfire because we are talking about a growing empire. The empire has stretched its arm on every continent and island in the world. 
And before the pandemic, you can still think about Xinjiang as a faraway place. Okay, it's domestic issues. Chinese will deal with their own domestic issues. It will not affect me anyway. I just shy away from it. But when the empire's influence and power reach to your territory, you are also part of the domestic issue of China as well. You are also one of the person influenced by such an empire. So if you don't care about Xinjiang, it will reach you. And True. that is yeah. that. Yeah. Well, in the world, we have been ignoring, for the sake of fast economic development, we have sacrificed all the cheap labors, human rights. In Africa, in China, and etc., etc., and now it is time to pay for it. You know what? And this is no, I totally agree with that. And there's a good yeah. example which actually reflects、mm. this kind of zeitgeist. We have this.、Uh, we have Chinese representative in the now in the UN、mm. Human Rights Council consultative group. He's、mm. one of five. This group、mm. consists of of five people. And、uh, they basically、uh, gather all the reports coming from all over the world and decide what to forward to the council itself, and then decide who is going to invest,、uh, investigate、uh, any kinds of human rights violation in the world. So it's a very, very powerful、yeah. position.、Um, and if you if you see that the Chinese national is with、uh, with someone from Slovenia and Spain、mm. and Chad, you could、uh, you could tell that that the influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, is not only on a formal base, but also on an informal base. It's speculation. But if、mm-hmm. I was the Chinese in this consultative group, and I knew the Spaniards got a lot of money from me, or want some money from me, <laughs> or the Slovenians, I would remind、yeah. them of that. You know,、yeah. before they come、mm-hmm. up, and I, say, I would make my point and say, guys, you know what? Remember our help to you, or well, we can cooperate, we can strengthen cooperation, but let me decide what we're going to forward. So、yeah. he is in this consultative group.、Um, on the other hand. The Chinese government wanted to install their man as a head of the intellectual property right agency、mm. from the from the UN. In,、mm. in, in this election, <laughs> believe it or not,、mm. the Chinese side、mm. was refused by the rest、oh. of the panel. Wow! So, and this is what I mean: is <laughs> this is kind of the zeitgeist we have, right? Yeah. Yeah. So、the、we're not prepared. The tide is turning. Yeah. Right, we, we're not prepared to let the Chinese overview our intellectual property right issues、yeah. because we are concerned、yeah. for economic matters. But we let them be a part in this consultative group for Human Rights Council. <laughs> we we lo- look down upon human rights issues because we think they are wishy-washy, sort of like good intention but never practical. There you go. And there you、right? have, and there you have the priorities, right? Set right now yeah, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And this、yeah. is kind of troublesome. And and this is actually a very interesting thing. I have to add an anecdote from Singapore, right? Singapore has been boasted of the most successful disease control measures in the first stage of the pandemic fighting, and then suddenly cases infections have increased to such an extent it now take the lead in Southeast Asia. Why? Because there was an outbreak in their cheap labor's residence center. You see, in the t- pandemic time, how human rights is actually closely related to the health of a nation, and every nation has its own weak spot. If you ignore human rights in the past, I mean, these laborers they were living in very shabby situation, and not very shabby compared to Africa, it's too very good, but. They were not treated with equal care as other Singaporean citizens. 
and then the virus seek this weakest part of a society and attack it. Now Singapore is in deep trouble. That's why we say it's time to reevaluate human rights. In a time of pandemic, human rights is actually the door to solve the issue. You have to make people get to receive equal care, equal concerns, equal treatment, so as to solve this problem together. It's the same with China, Germany, with everywhere. Well, yeah. Having said so, mm. I would say uh, mm. for today, yeah. this is it. Um, mm. Thank you very much. I couldn't have said it better or finished it better. Um, let's see how it goes on. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm afraid that we uh, will have more Corona-related issues to come in, in our podcast. But well, at yeah. least it gives us a lot of fodder to, to talk about. <laughs> anyway, Liwen, thank you for today. Thank and you. Uh, hear you soon, okay? Yeah, hear you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. with chopsticks the truth about dictatorships a podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chanan <laughs>